1: Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video games podcast where we take you through our journey and through the ups and downs of the wacky and wonderful world of video games. We're here on your favourite podcast and YouTube, absolutely free. But if you want to support this grassroots independent endeavour, Head over to patreon.com forward slash dimp digital, where you can join the community. Hashtag hand in them pockets. This week, I'm joined by somewhat of a surprise guest, some may say. It's our <laughs> resident referee. It's Logan. How's it going?
0: Yeah, not bad. I, it It does confuse me sometimes when I get the call up, should we say. But I guess it's just that reliability. It's sometimes all you need in a squad, isn't it?
1: Exactly. You got you got always that person that's going to turn up and just do the business. And given some of the topics that we're going to speak about, this has almost been orchestrated perfectly by me because last week <laughs> we published um, my revisit of God of War, the 2018. Um, it was a reboot, really. More of a, it is a sort of a sequel slash reboot. But we had a chat through that game, me and you went back and forth on that. And then, you know, did, did I suspect that the release date for God of War Ragnarok might come the following week? I'll let people decide whether I was that clever or had that much insight, but that's where we've got to, and given that we had uh, had a conversation about the original, well, not the original, the 2018 version, last week, I thought, well, let's keep the continuity going, let's get someone in who's not going to be like, both Adkins and I have got the same opinion, we're... You know, extremely excited. Let's find someone who's perhaps got a bit of a different perspective, and that is Logan. So that could be wise here. Now, my favourite way—not my favourite way—the best way, the undisputed way to start a podcast is with delay news, of course. So we do have a little bit of that to clear up. Forspoken has been delayed, so this is a blower for Adkins's Grand Prix team. It's been pushed out into twenty twenty three. I'd forgotten, this game initially was set to be released on the 24th of May, then they pushed it to October the 11th, now it's January the 24th, 2023. What are we setting that many dates for? Surely someone, can you, you've you worked on these projects and so have I, imagine that, imagine <laughs> saying we're going to deliver this on that date and, and twice moving it back, publicly, uh, there must have been internal deadlines <laughs> as well, all this stuff's all been approved, like, just imagine the carnage that must be going on
0: sometimes in these studios. I, I, I do wonder how they get away with it because most of the time... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in all honesty, we've been very critical in this past, not on this podcast in the past, about releasing Half-Baked Turk. Yeah, 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 right? absolutely, yeah. And most of the projects that I've been involved with in my, what, 13-year career to date get done Half-Baked. And they go, <laughs> we'll worry about the rest of that later. Um, but you haven't very really true. got public perception and pressure no. and all that kind of stuff to contend with so I guess the argument is is it's always the same if it ain't and I'm pretty sure that I've said it several times I'd rather it be delayed yeah. than than chucked out and it's and it's no good and it does you know pretty much what cyberpunk did which yeah. is go from extreme hype to complete flop yeah um so it's arguably The Lesser of Two Evils, but I don't know how they get away with it. Like I don't know how you could be that close and go, right, we've got a date and we're going to hit it and then be six months out. Like It's not even, I can understand, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just really weird and then they go, yep, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I and mean, I imagine it's not okay no, it's and there's a whole-, whole scene. But <laughs> ironically, that forespoken was one that we were debating whether to put in before that transfer window ended. Yes. I think it's one that I might have chucked out there and said wildcard or something along those lines. Yes. Um, pretty glad that didn't get snapped up by, by Paper or I'd be getting an ear blasting for it.
1: No, yes, yeah, good
0: point. Actually, yeah, there was...
1: I, I saw you guys chatting away at whether Forspoken could come in because at present, Paper's, you know, in the, in the Championship showdown against Parky, the team you're a part of is, is Paper's team and that Breath of the Wild's still sitting there, which we know has been booted out so he's going to it's going to have to find something in the mm. last quarter or so i mean september is the next transfer window so it's it's finding something during that period and making sure it sticks and trying to run this thing down to the wire and see see where the numbers flash
0: out mm. it's tricky because no. you only really get a couple of months worth of game releases because december is basically a dead month in my books you
1: don't want to be putting anything from december either really if you can help it because
0: <laughs> there's no room for maneuver no there is no, there's literally as nothing. i all well know yes
1: you've been you've been stung a few times during the the, the jolly month for december when it comes to game releases mm. um so not a, not a safe bet at all but i did wonder so this was this is actually i don't know if it's timed i think it's a timed exclusive for ps5 um and the release date of God of War is just the is November the ninth, which we'll get into. This was scheduled for October the eleventh before the latest delay came in. I do wonder whether there might have been a little bit of like, Oh, you know what? We've we've paid Square Enix some money to pop this on PlayStation Five as an exclusive. It's not the end of the world because we've got God of War coming, you know, the following month. And this was announced the same day as God of War after the God of War release date. So I can imagine there's a PR manoeuvring from Sony going on where they're like, well, let's give them the good news and then <laughs> no one's going to be talking about for spoken anyway because they're all going to be talking about God of War. <laughs> and
0: this, will... this one will go under the radar. Yeah, basically. This, yeah. and yeah. I think that's
1: actually what happened, to be quite honest. So that's not not too terrible. <laughs> anyway, that's delay news. For spoken for 2023, which, as we said in 2022, is starting to get all these potentially great games from the previous year. And as, as Adkins and I discussed last week, it's all sort of, Smoked itself out in this second half, so we'll see what happens for for the next year. Do have to do a quick correction as well. So last last week I was talking about the Steam Deck and how I suggested that basically it could it could it could run and emulate Switch games at a decent standard. Salmon, who has the Steam Deck, corrected me and said that's not the case. Um, it doesn't run at present the Switch games very well, but expect that to be improved. So don't go and get a, a Steam Deck expecting Switch levels of great emulation, because you're not going to get it. To be honest, when he says it doesn't run very well, it probably runs just as well as the native Switch. So you might not be losing anything. It might actually not be a terrible... It's all relative, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. It might just be the same, in which case, why not? Chuck it on your <laughs> chuck it on your Steam Deck. Anyway, God of War Ragnarok's got its release date, along with a few other minor details. PlayStation blog post. Interesting way to, I think, to... Reveal the, the, the release date of one of your... Well, it's, it's their most anticipated title for the remainder of this year. Uh, I did look into it, and God of War, they did the same, actually. They just chucked a blog post out of a trailer and said it's coming this date. Didn't do this like showcase or any sort of like, presentation as such, as we've seen with some other games... Um, but a confirmed release date of November the 9th, twenty twenty-two. We had a separate blog post go up which detailed all the different collectors and special editions. But you can get you can get a little replica of Four's hammer, which is appealing. I, I'm past all that basically, but I must say, I did double take and think, oh, just imagine <laughs> having that. And I thought, what are we you doing? You've already <laughs> cleansed your entire existence of all this turk. Don't start it up again. So I've resisted the urge. And they're also doing that weird thing where you buy the collector's edition and it doesn't cut. Co- it comes with a steelbook, but I think the code is digital. So it's just the disc. So you don't get the disc. <laughs> right. They've, they've done this before, I'm told, with Horizon Forbidden West. Why well, don't get involved with all this garbage anymore. It's like. Because in, in real life, the steelbook serves a purpose to hold the physical disc. You would yeah. then need to go out and buy the, the standard version and put the disc in the steelbook. It just. It's balmy yeah, I mean, to me, but I know people love this stuff.
0: I cleansed myself of this a long time ago. Did you ever but start it up? I think one of them. I got very few of them. Um, I got. I think, ironically, No Man's Sky was a uh, was a fancy copy. I think that was a steelbook. Oh, I I've
1: got I got that as well. I had a little sleeve. Mm. It was in a steelbook, and I remember yeah. I went to Game Station. I think it may have been at the time they were still around. Mm. May, have, may have been because at one point Game took over Game Station, and then in Southend there was two yeah. there were two game shops, and we we're like, <laughs> what's going on here? And then yes, yes, one got shut down eventually, the smaller one. I went and got my copy from there. I remember I, I drove there. Got it in the morning. It was pre-ordered. And I got back and the, the sleeve, whatever it was, was like ripped down the side. Yeah. And I was like, is that supposed to be like that? It was just it was, just wasn't just was attached. And I was like, oh. Because I knew paper had got it as well. So I was like, paper, can you take a picture of yours? Just want to make sure I haven't been shafted. Lo and behold, it was supposed to be attached. I had to drive back down there, <laughs> hand it in. And he was like, oh, yeah, here's a replacement. And I was like, well, what happened with that copy? Then he went, well, someone else will get it. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> so you haven't got any backups? This is, this is this is it now. That that person's either going to be happy with that or not? If they're the last person through the door, they're either going to have Take that. Take Yeah. I was like, fucking hell. I didn't realise it was that cutthroat. But yeah, sorry,
0: I interrupted you just to go on a tangent. That's no, all right. No, it's. I think that was one of the only ones in in memory that I that I ever got. But I think I've just I just I don't mind a little bit of collectible stuff, but. It just starts clogging up room quite quickly and mm. I I've been a big fan of digital for many a year now. Um and <clears throat> I just prefer doing that. Yeah. I, I just don't want I've got no need for for having physical stuff in my life really. So but I must admit when he said 4's hammer I was thinking course. might don't even care about the game I no, just have the hammer
1: no they will be on eBay at like 4 times the price as soon as this comes out it's going ridiculous, to, people so. are going to be making a killing off it because um, Biff actually got in touch with me and was like oh do you still get collectible stuff collector's edition I was like no I kind of started to go back in time and order stuff of eBay, which is like the most expensive way to do it because it's already at marked up prices and it's second hand. Then mm. I binned that off and went still books only. Like I'd like to have a nice collection of still books for games I loved. But then when you do that, you don't know if you're going to love the game until you fucking played mm. it. So you either take a gamble and get the still book and think, oh, that wasn't that were that interesting, mm. I'll send it back. Or you do what I was doing, playing it, going, cool, I love this. And then again going to the second-hand market and trying to get it at a price that doesn't feel like it's going to need a remortgage on the house, which was difficult. And I thought, I don't need this. Get me out of it. It's here. a
0: tricky one because some of them do look cool, but ultimately, it, you know, even where I sit here, I can't even see my games in the in the cabinet because the cabinet's next to my my desk. So I can't even see them. So what am I doing if I'm not getting, you know, if I'm not looking at them? it, it Yeah. I just don't... I do get it, but I don't. I just yeah. don't... I don't think it's worth it. And it's probably the most expensive way to do gaming, which is already, well, these <laughs> days, reasonably dear to do anyway. So, mm. yeah, I think it's a slippery slope. But I can understand why people do it with their favourite franchises.
1: Yeah. Even, like, Hall and Sir Dave, who are big Destiny fans, as as you well know, mm. they um they have bought... No, I'm gonna butcher it because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But they bought basically a gun replica. I don't know if Hall showed yes. you this. I don't know if you know yeah. what, what gun it is or, or whatnot. But that's not even official, you know, merchandise. That's just some geezer mm. that's three D printing them or making them himself. Yeah. And uh, some Russian fella. It's a Russian. Well, what's he doing now? What's he up to now? That's what I want to know. Is he still doing that? <laughs> Selling guns, not a good look. (laughs) It's not even if they are replica. I don't think they actually fire real bullets. But I always, I'm I'm a stickler for having the official, you know, Mm. licensed product. And the thing I've been doing now is buying hats, and that's that's a slippery slope because you can find the best, like the the perfect design for a game or for a a product on uh, on like Redbubble, where someone's made exactly almost what you want. But it ain't got that official tag, so I don't like it. So I end up paying more for worse-looking hats. So to get rid of those. But it's money, not, you're though.
0: not even guaranteeing yourself uh quality, I don't think.
1: No, you're not. <laughs> it's just, it's, there's no guarantee. Some of the stuff I've had for them, well, that's fucking awful. <laughs> What's going on here?
0: Thing is, ultimately, this money's got to be spent somewhere. So. Oh. It's, it's you know, choose your poison really, you either do it on steelbooks, figurines Well be um, spending it
1: on fucking energy according to Martin Lewis after his Well <laughs> his, yeah, <laughs> his predictions to so come out today.
0: <laughs> basically rule is get it all done this year because come uh, <laughs> come next, it's pants down, it,
1: I think. Yeah, for everyone involved. <laughs> anyway, are you interested in God of War Ragnarok? <laughs>
0: it's <got real> <laughs> uh yeah, I think I am. I think I am. I think it's you know, I I said to it when when we spoke the other week around God of War, it is it is pulling me back, but it's also not. Mm. Um, I think I struggle to put it in terms of the priority list about, uh, over other games. But mm. I've got a bit of a free weekend coming up in a, in a couple of weeks, and I'm kind of penciling in a bit of a, a bit of time for it there um, because I do. I do want to get excited for it. I think maybe I'm struggling to get excited for it because I haven't properly played through this first one. Yeah, and that's understandable. I think that's that's the difficulty. Is, it's like I I just need to kind of get on with it. Um. So yeah, I think it's good that it's this year. I was a bit. I mean, I've got it in. Uh, I've got it in the uh, uh, Grand Prix mm. and. I was hoping it would come this year. I was getting a bit nervous about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad it's coming out for that. And I'm glad it's coming out so that I can... Basically, I'm not under any pressure, really. I've just got to get done before November. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, hopefully... I think I'll be a bit more up for it, knowing that other people are playing it for the first time as well. Like I feel like I, it's hard to get hyped up for a game it's been out for what I think it came out 2017 2018, 2018 didn't it yeah, so it's been four years yeah. so you're sort of sitting here going mm. <laughs> I mean I know it's been I know it's got a little bit of uh, love after being released on the PS5 with that collector's yeah, job and, and the
1: PC version
0: yeah but uh, yeah I think the motivation uh, pencilling uh, penciling in for that weekend in a couple of weeks nice. um But it's good. I I think, you know, I want to, as I say, I want to get through this first one and then hopefully that will give me the hype for the second. Or we'll literally just go, didn't really enjoy the first one, so I'm not interested. But I can't see that being the case. As you've said to me so many times, it's basically you would have thought a match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I think once you get your teeth into it, you enjoy it. I remember you saying that part of the reason was because the PS5 was not in a in an ideal area of your house, it was downstairs rather than upstairs where you do a lot of your gaming. So I don't know if that's been yeah. rectified or whether that's still the case,
0: but... No, um, so... Um, I, I am taking off, so I had a bit of a free weekend the other week and I tried to make some progress on, on Arceus. So that has kind of come yes. above uh, God of War at the minute. I need to get Arceus off my list because it's one of them games <laughs> where I think if I don't move forward with it, it just will just die a death and I yeah. don't want that to happen. So... Arceus is there and then after that I'm planning to uh, see if God of war because to be fair there's nothing single player that's really um on the horizon for me it's just those two it's yeah. just taking me some time to get through because yeah, you know, and as you say that PS5 being in the big TV downstairs it's not like I can just think oh I'll just bang it on for a bit upstairs it's it's marooned down there bless it it's such yeah. a waste wow it
1: can't be helped there's nothing there's nothing Jim Ryan can do about that unfortunately he can't make you move that
0: well what I would say is if he made it smaller and able to fit in one of the cubby no. holes on my things then no. yeah it would be up here so he's doing himself over by making it such a ridiculous <laughs> shape and so big
1: this a scandal really when you think of the size of it well, anyway so yeah November the 9th 2022 I mean I'm I'm, I'm super excited I Given it was only a blog post that kind of showed, and a CGI trailer, which I was a bit like, hmm, what are we showing cinematic and CGI trailers for? We've seen this game in like a little lovely splice trailer with, with gameplay, so what are we going back to this for? But in any case, they've decided just to reveal the date, shut everyone up, because people were really getting on at them, as we spoke about last week, and caused a bit of a drama on the old socials. And I would suspect we will see some sort of state of play or showcase of this at some point before release. Um, But Sony and PlayStation got themselves Last of Us Part 1 remake, and November the 9th will come God of War Ragnarok, the sequel to the 2018 God of War, and the final part of the Norse mythology uh, story, I guess, that they they started up in, in 2018. But... Very excited, and I'm just hoping that it's up to snuff with the previous entry. About the same will be fine with me. It hasn't got to be majorly better. Just a few of the gripes that I mentioned last week, they can clean up, and I'll be very happy. Skull and Bones. People are saying, what are you talking about that for? I go, well, hang on. Look. It's got a, it's got a release date official November the eighth. We got a gameplay overview trailer as well, and they did like a live stream. Well, I don't think it was a live stream. I think it was just like an uncut stream of them playing it, so raw gameplay, which is always a, a dangerous thing to do. Um, but really, the main reason this one's made its way onto the sort of the news item is because this is. This is a fantasy game in League Legend, this game. its yeah. I, I went back and checked. It's been on every... It's appeared in someone's team or roster every year going back to 2018. So four yeah. years, people have been thinking, this game's coming out. Uh, it's been uh, years and years. It's been one of those clearly very difficult games to develop. I think we are, we completely underestimate how hard it is to ship a game. Like we were making Final Four spoke and delaying it. Can you imagine all the moving parts for these video games to get them functional. Then you have got to make them look nice. Then you got to make sure it plays nicely. I bet people are sitting there thinking, "What are we doing here? We've, this is this is not coming together as we expected." But yeah, this has been lurking on people's lists for four years now. Ironically, it's on no one's list this year, where it's actually got a a penciled in release date. I find that people f-
0: sort of fool me once. Yeah,
1: fool me the fourth time, and I will walk away from you, and that's that's what's happened here. <laughs> but to be fair, if someone's sniffing around it, November the eighth, you could people could drop that in on their September list if they wanted to transfer it in. Um, did you see any of the gameplay or the the, the content that was pushed out for this? Because I sat and watched the whole thing, and uh, yeah, I have I have some sort of minor thoughts on it, but I didn't know every you bothered in the end, or if you was even interested to start with. But you know,
0: yeah. No, I'm, I, so first answer, yes, I am interested. Um, it piqued my interest. I think it had, it made its way onto some of my lists for the um, Fantasy League as well. Yeah. So it's one that I've been acutely aware of for some time, but really, truthfully, it kind of fell off because I thought, ah, you just sort of go out. Ah, That's vaporware is... at
1: one point. That's gone. That ain't, yeah. that ain't coming out. I just thought, I just thought oh, This yeah. is just
0: going to die a death, really. And then yeah. I think... It's, yeah, it just kind of fell. And then out of nowhere, it's, you know, seems to have got itself together, which is fair enough. Um, I mean, I did watch it.
1: <laughs> did you watch any of the uh, live gameplay or the, the uncut Yeah, game?
0: yeah. So I watched. Uh, I watched about twenty minutes of it. Christ, you um, managed
1: to sit for it for that long.
0: <laughs> and I was literally sitting there thinking, "This is this better be more fun to play than it is to watch." I think it was my first instinct. But so you're in agreement with me that the gameplay overview? I was like,
1: okay, I this looks like it could be interesting. There's not many games out there where you. You're a pirate, although you are just a ship in this. Let's be real. You're not. Mm. You're not a singular pirate. You are kind of like controlling the boat, and you can get off the boat. It looks like an outpost and walk around. Mm. But whilst you're out at sea, there's no wandering around the ship freely. You're like you're in control of the yep. boat, and it's it looks like it's first person perspective yeah. when you're when you're. And I was like, okay, that's that's strange as well. I was like, you know, ignore all that. They're doing. I think's a great thing where it's you can choose to be on a PvP or a PVE server. So if you don't want these bastards absolutely sinking your ship every five minutes, you can just choose a lovely, friendly PvE server. I was like, okay, they're doing the right thing there. They stressed co-op a few times during the the stream, saying, look, you can play it solo, but we recommend getting one, two, however many people you want together to Mm. to tackle this. I was like, all right, I'm kind of interested to see where this goes. And then they just had those two (laughs) blokes sitting there playing it. I think one of them was called Captain Boomer. And I can't remember the other guy. He was Captain Boone was getting annoyed with the other fella. He was telling him what to do and, you know, he weren't he weren't playing ball. But it just sort of looked really messy. Like, it yeah, looked so messy. Chaotic. Chaotic, yeah. It didn't help they were cutting between two perspectives constantly. Mm. I was like, I can't even yeah. understand what's going on here. I'm losing track of what you're even trying to do. But, my God, I don't know who watched that and went, yeah, so that really markets the game well, that one.
0: Basically, my takeaway was I, I, there better be a good tutorial because <laughs> yes, yeah, there, it, there, there was a lot going on, um, and there's a lot of different ships, a lot of customizations, loadouts, this, that, and the other. Yeah. It's a bit, it seemed a bit like it reminded me of some of the way that Assassin's Creed took um, plundering and. Steering the boat and stuff, and I, I must admit, I found Assassin's Creed a bit clunky what, for? at times. Just... Yeah, uh no, no, no. So just Valhalla. Oh, just Valhalla. of course, it Should did remind forgetting? me yeah. of what I saw in Black Flag. Like yes. there was elements of Black Flag about it, but I didn't play a lot of that, so no. I can't really talk to that. But I was just thinking, in terms of you know, in, in Valhalla, where yeah. you get on your boat, go Completely. down the river, yeah. and then attack a stronghold um, from the river. It's a bit like that. So I was, to be honest with you, it'd have been better. If you say you know, you could you could choose to attack it from the sea, get to a certain point, and then board it and do similar to what you do in Valhalla, which is finish everyone off and plunder certain things, yeah. and then get back on your boat. Like that was what I was expecting, but it was kind of like all done like from the boat, and I was like, <laughs> all right, um, yeah. It I I just found it all a bit overwhelming. I think in terms of thinking, how on earth would I? know what to do yeah and what to use and distances to be at and like and i thought oh, i'd be I, I still think i prefer the idea of us all having a boat and someone's a driver driver why can i not think what would you call a a driver of a boat I do not a pilot what are you a skipper or skipper. No, you ain't,
1: i know what you're trying to say so you got
0: someone that steers the fucker you got boat someone steers
1: Go yeah, you that. got
0: someone that's doing other stuff. Like I I think that feels like a better let's Well that's feed isn't it? Yeah. We've we've, had, that's what...
1: we've got it out. It's it's there lurking for people and I've played a fair bit of it. It's enjoyable with a group. But you need the group, that's the thing. Yeah. And you get punished if there's only two of you because you can't man a full-size boat. I suppose the advantage mm. here is that if you didn't have reliable people to play with you, yeah. your progress of your boat will grow regardless of their, their input yeah and
0: that's fair enough I think uh, the one thing that I always worry about with these pirate games as well is rich backstory yeah. Like, I think it's difficult to produce a good narrative because the narrative is you're a pirate yeah. and you're building that narrative yourself so I think ultimately it's always going to be shallow on that front um, and they pretty much reference it in, in the, um, the videos was that it's up to you to make your own story and be the pirate you want to be. Yeah. So they, they obviously just give you the world and the boats and everything. Like they, when they were doing it there was someone in a little boat, wasn't there, that was that's catching shark. Down call it. Yeah. I was like, why would I want to be doing that? Well,
1: full reset, you get washed up. Yeah, oh, like that's that. the concern, Build your career. Yeah.
0: You you do you have to do loads of bollocks <laughs> to get to a point where you can take on all this big stuff. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I mean there's something in it, there's potential, I think, but yeah. just the chaotic nature of it and, you know, it, 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 there was just a lot going on in that yeah. gameplay trailer and I, I was like, I don't know why you're showing me, like, end game, basically. It looked like because it, didn't was it? Like, it was
1: fucking ships yeah. everywhere. I was like, good lord.
0: He was was like, like, these surely... people are
1: attacking us, I think. And I was like, do you not even know what's going How do you know not know what's going on in your own game?
0: They evidently had some. They think they said they had some of the community playing it. Well, so they've got, and then they've got some of the community coming on. He's like, "Is he attacking me? Is he not?" And I'm like, "Well, it tells you whether he's joining your group or not to plunder." Like, what are you doing? Like, you're the one that's supposed to be keeping us abreast of what's going on, not asking us the question of what's going on. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's difficult mm-hmm. to be. Or, but yeah, it just felt all over the show. I mean, it's not one of those games. If it comes straight on Game Pass, for example, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. like that's easily worth a worth a download and a go. But would you pay top? It's listed. For-
1: it's listed on this. I tried to go through it earlier to pre-order it just to hmm. see, and it had seventy UK pounds attached to it. And I
0: was like, I mean, I, I, I know it's. It didn't look to me like a banker for that sort of money. No, it really didn't. No. Um, which is a shame. And it's, again, it's, you don't want to be critical because it, it's one of those things that should, in theory, be, um, gaming gold. Yeah. Like stuff like that is sort of like, you, you, I don't think many people would say that that's not in principle, a, a good setting and narrative and, and everything for, for, uh, a, a, a game, but yeah. it's really difficult to execute. Well, I think, Yeah. um, it's a real balance because if it's too shallow, then you're not giving people enough to do because you don't have that deep story and thing to follow. But if it's too complicated, and that's my fear that they've gone the other way on this, you're kind of like trying to steer the fucker, telling everyone to brace, <laughs> worry about your damage, yeah. trying to do damage, trying, trying to heal, to repair, they're Doing that's trying it. to heal, yeah. Like and you got to feed your crew because they're and, and
1: I was like, what does that mean? What does that like, What yeah. does that mean if your crew mutiny and throw you off the boat? You just respawn I mean, with the boat and the
0: crew again? What's the point of it? Yeah. like what? This is the thing. They said, oh, if you get destroyed, you just get chucked back to the next yeah. or sunk. You just get chucked back to the nearest port and you go on. Basically, what do you like? Start from scratch? Yeah, you, what, just <laughs> boat there? Like I don't know. There's just a few, there is a few issues with it. That's a narrative beat, isn't it?
1: That's not mm-hmm. a gameplay mechanic. You'll, you'll ship mutinying against you. That'd be a really cool narrative like moment in a, in a story, mm. wouldn't it? Like the crew start getting fed up with you and chuck you yeah. over and you have to deal with it or win back mm. their trust. Whereas to have it as a gameplay mechanic, which is basically make sure you've got enough food before you go out and feed the fuckers when they ask for it. Mm. It's kind of like... maybe it's just- We ain't
0: playing the fucking Sims. Don't be worrying <laughs> no. about feeding people. I'm no. a pirate. I want to be a pirate. This a spirit about... fair. We don't
1: need to be feeding people twenty four seven, keeping them happy. <laughs> we want to get on with these ships again. Another ship type game where you're steering a ship around. And you're feeding people for a living.
0: Why is this food necessary? Why am I worrying about? It, it, like yeah, in the real world, but surely we're at a point where we don't. Well, need these that ships had flamethrowers,
1: and I was like, I don't, I don't know anything about naval combat, but they look like
0: that. Look well advanced for what they were aiming for. <laughs> I there, no <laughs> there was no such thing. There was no such thing. Uh, uh, how dangerous would that be? <laughs> yeah, on your own ship, just
1: in case like, it like, misfires or something,
0: sails caught fire. <laughs> how you getting that sort of thing? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I don't Where know. are you going to keep all that oil for it? Surely that, if that gets hit by a cannonball or whatever, or someone sets a bit of powder off, like that's it. The ship goes up anyway. Like no. it's just yeah, I don't know it. I try not to be like really critical no. of it because it can be really fun but there's some bits when you're watching that game plan you're like how have you chosen this? Yeah. Like and it always annoys me as well when they go oh this is what bothered me so like oh dress your pirate yeah. you know, to impress and I was like well none of that loot has got any kind of rarity rating right no. so surely like there should be some sort of rarity on the loot, so there's an incentive to get the rare loot. So nope. say it's to show off, and it's like, nope, you just dress him in a cool color. Visually. I was like, come on, mate, like, we got get the basics right, please.
1: Yeah, you could have like you could have like suits that like give you more command or charisma, so you have to feed him less. Like I don't know, something yeah. you could have shit. like that Anyway, November the eighth for those that are interested, you can sign up to play. Like their um I guess it's like alpha or beta or trial or whatever they call it so you can head over to ubisoft's website and get get randomly picked if you want to try it out in that in that size and see how it's shaping up there um, but we'll keep an eye on it and i'll be keeping an eye on if anyone takes the bait and uh, jumps that into the fantasy gaming league well one last bit for this uh this little intro it's not even intro it's half a podcast basically <laughs> but we're going to be handing over back to, actually we're back again talking about um horizon forbidden west so that's going
0: up Okay. Well, I mean, let you go, a, f- a full podcast. Unbelievable. It's an hour. Yeah,
1: it's an hour long. So I'm, I'm, I am slightly conscious of time, but uh, yep. In the end, same thing, you'll, you'll get through it <laughs> if you want to listen. Um, and this is off the back of our last podcast where we talked about God of War and we went through why is why is Epic ranked higher than Legendary on their gear and and armor and items and weapons for the for the 2018 God of War. I put the poll out there on Twitter to to canvas what should be ranked higher legendary or epic gear 77% say legendary so he leaves 23% with epic so if you're listening Corey or whoever's at god of war ragnarok hq switch swap those around it's not too late to, to save the game from losing precious marks because people really do care about the labeling of their gear um, <laughs> no but i i thought we was we was in line with what most people f- assumed would be the case. Like legendary, then epic.
0: We need to get the MI out of that poll and figure out who the brain deads are. Well. Twenty three percent backwards people. I know. People I'm... like Hall, I suspect, that use inverted controls and oh. whatnot. So.
1: Well, we know a few that are just in that dim clan, so <laughs> the suspects are ready to be handed over and perhaps be be ashamed and whatnot, but that's that. Horizon and West. Just under an hour of chat there. Logan interviews me about my experience with that I won't say any more other than we'll see you on the
0: other side we're back with a review this time we're doing Horizon Forbidden West as apps has already introduced us it's Logan here with apps I'll do it anyway, take on some of the responsibility, just in case people weren't listening.
1: Well, I might not have introduced us, because what I tend to say is, I don't know what you're going to be getting, but you'll be getting something in a minute, so it's good you did that.
0: Well, yeah, evidently. Well, it's me and you, we're back, we're doing a review, which is always good, it means we've been playing stuff, Um, not just rotting like I have. Wow. Um, Well, yeah, indeed. So... Yep, we're doing Horizon Forbidden West. I know this was a game at the start of the year that, well, pretty much most of the Dimp boys were, I say, excited or looking forward to to playing. I think that the original one was always well-received, and this one was one that everyone had their eye on a little bit, other than me, because I don't like those stealthy bits. It scared me off in the first one. But I know that you played the first one, and obviously, you know, we're going into the cards on the table, and you recently... Semi played that again, I think, didn't you? And then that that led you into into this one. Correct. Yeah. So I, it was
1: about probably about six, seven months ago. I went back through Zero Dawn on the PS5. So two reasons: one, I hadn't played the DLC that I now had access to, so I thought, well, that's some new content there. And they'd released a 60 frames per second patch for the original. Um, and it's one of those games that I put down in 2017, and I wasn't—I knew there was unfinished business because I would i broke neck it towards the back end. That breakneck system got installed because it was a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks tops, before Zelda and the Switch come out. So I needed to be getting stuck into that. So this is back in the day when I was happy to force things through um whereas now I tend to take my time just finish things off before before looking over the fence and seeing what else is available so there was some unfinished business there there was new content and there was a performance sort of upgrade there that made me feel like well it's been a few years I'll play it and I was very impressed going back to it you know almost five years later at the time it's still held up really well um it was still great to play which is kind of the the key positive to take away from from Zero Dawn was just how how good the gameplay was, and, and the world and the lore. I love all that as well. So, it was um it was an enjoyable second playthrough. Got the platinum on my way as well, so that was that was nice and ticked off at the the back end of last year.
0: Yeah, when you just said that, well, about five years ago, that does put in perspective how much time has evaporated lately um, Well, two years crazy. have been flushed
1: so that's no one's yeah. fault that is just <laughs> i keep still thinking it's like 2020 and then when i, I think oh 2019 that was only uh, half a year ago wasn't it It's like no that was that was over two years ago now And you're like wow
0: it's like crazy. we've been in hibernation isn't it
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> um so yeah you've you know you've played a fair bit if you like relatively recently of, of horizon um presumably with, I know how how that brain works. He wanted to make sure that that one was done properly before this one dropped. Was it a nice tee up for, for the new one? Were you happy that you did that and spend the time there? Or did you feel a little bit, it's a bit like, I can imagine it being like me with Assassin's Creed, where I've got to this DLC of it and I'm sitting here going, Hmm. cool, I've already done 140 hours here. Hmm.
1: There's definitely that, that concern. There's definitely that, that, that was a possibility. Um, because, one for, for better or for worse, Forbidden West is very similar to Zero Dawn in many aspects. It feels the same. Like you pick up, I picked up the controller and I was like, oh, I'm immediately familiar with all this. This didn't feel foreign at all. So there is always that worry that you'll get a third of the way. Maybe you'll get 60% of the way and you'll think, oh, can I do any more of this? This feels like I've been playing too much. I think the sort of six-month gap, five-month gap probably at the time that I had... Served me well, just to just enough of a, a palate cleanser in that period. i played a lot of other games. I've been mm. sub, I subjected myself to that Pokemon game, and you think, well, you know, we, we went through the, the trials and tribulations of that, and I'd I played many other games in between that. I was pretty productive during that time, so I think that helped. Mm. And in hindsight, looking back, especially at the, some of the story elements, um, I felt like having that fresher knowledge was. Was actually more important than I anticipated. I wasn't expecting to to lean on the some of the characters that pop up like secondary and like third rate characters in the original that 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 come up again. So that was that was kind of nice to see for someone who had spent the time to play the the original, you know, recently. But I can't help but feel that there's people out there that would have just played it one time five years ago. They'll jump into this and be like, "Who the fuck's that?" It's like, well. That's, that's Petra from wherever it was Boomtown. And They're like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that was like a secondary, you know, side side bit that you won't remember." So, you know, it was um, for better or for worse. That was definitely I was pleased to have gone through that, but didn't feel that ill playing this game. Like it felt like it was fresh enough that I wasn't gonna that I wasn't gonna be bothered. And I platinumed Forbidden West as well. Mm. Obviously, I played it on the PS5. It is available on the PS4 as well but this was a a PS5 game for me and ended up I checked my save 106 hours clocked into Forbidden West so we're talking Valhalla levels of hours being Mm. dropped into it Mm. and we know that can happen because we've seen that happen a couple of years back with said Valhalla and even you're now on that train putting in dozens and dozens of hours for that particular title.
0: It can get you I I, I think it's a tricky line to follow because it's, it's a, you, you're treading a fine line between good and enough content and interesting things to do and bloatville. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that I think I, I just did about 110, I think, on the original game. It might have been slightly less. Mm. Um, I think that was all right. Um, so it sounds like they've they've hit the sweet spot with this. But um, so. Is there anything else that you want to kind of declare the audience prior to us moving on?
1: Don't think so. No, I played. How much it, did you pay for it? It would have. So I paid. Yeah, seventy UK pounds. Pa- no, I paid sixty UK pounds because this was the uh, the last PlayStation 5 first party game that Jim allowed the temp- uh, the the free upgrade from PS4 to PS5, and that's only because they said they would do that and then forgot they they'd said it. And then when the internet inevitably found out and said, hang on, you said this is going to be a free upgrade. They went, oh, all right, for that one, you can have it. So actually, I bought it digitally on the store, 60 UK pounds PS4. Was concerned that it wouldn't work, to be honest, because I know that Sony, or I've had issues. People who listen regularly know that I've had issues of that store and those licenses causing me issues, particularly on upgrades. Um, But thankfully, there was no issues. It upgraded it for free, and I downloaded the PS5 version. So yeah, 60 UK pounds. Day one, I was there. And I spent, you know, the next many a weeks playing through it. It wasn't a, uh, we're trying to install this new disciplined approach for me where I take time, don't break neck, kind of finish things off properly, explore more than perhaps I would normally because I haven't got to worry about the next game coming down the pipe. And that's how you clock up 106 hours. Also, not fast travelling does that as well. So it get you.
0: Mm. Is that... Not allowed in this game, because there was no i know you permitted it in Pokemon because there was a it was it was feasible, but you could No. Not, not yeah.
1: well to be honest i I do it in Assassin's Creed because I think at some point even Ronnie has to just concede that you need to have some time back in your pocket, so if the game is not fulfilling me to on the adventure side of things like travelling then i will I will succumb to it, but mm. I didn't on this one, and there, there were times definitely when I wanted to because as I'm sure I'll get to in more detail there's moving around on mounts is uh is a chore, and that's supposed to speed things up so mm. when you when you're getting snarled up in on stones and bits and pieces and grit on the floor and it's causing cool you to lose momentum, it becomes a frustration over time. But I didn't fast yeah. travel in the end. Um, I think I did it once just to test it out, and then obviously quickly reloaded my save before the fast travel <laughs> event, the immersion breaker took place. And it's, it is instant. Like with the, with, the, with the SSDs, it's just like, bang. It's uh, impressively quick. So, yeah, uh, people that have long-time listeners know that oh, I have weird rules and stipulations. I sometimes enforce myself to go through mm. and it, it creates some uh, interesting scenarios now and again.
0: He makes it up as he goes along, Ronnie, <laughs> he really does. Um, so let's get into it then. We've, <coughs> we've dallied around on, on the initial intro. The dilly dally um, is. Well, the dilly dally is. So let's talk a bit about the game then. So <clears> what's the narrative like? What's the premise of the game? Does it f- kind of feed on from the last game?
1: Yeah, so it is a direct sequel to Zero Dawn, set about six months or so after. Um, oh, not long. No, not long at all, really. And, and basically, I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll be vague like I normally am, but it, there's been like a mysterious plague um, called the blight that's infecting Earth. So animals, plants, water, the lot's going down the tube. It's all getting poisoned and corrupted and looks like shit. You can't grow any crops, so there's animals are dying, the water's going to to, to, to and Aloy now, who is a, a capable hero, kind of leads the charge out to the Forbidden West to try and find the source and as we've we got to know the last two years, stop the spread, so to speak. Uh that was part of her her gig there. And um there's obviously a ton of different issues and Um, Other bits and pieces going on along the way, like there's a civil war within the Forbidden West, which you kind of have to negotiate your your way through. There's issues within each of the tribes that you go and visit that you can get involved with and carry out side quests for allies and, and strangers who need Aloy's help for various reasons. So there's all those additional bits as well. But, you know, the, the premise is that world's going to shit. Aloy's <laughs> the only one who can stop it. So she's got to head out to the Forbidden West to, to do that and things take a turn from there.
0: Save the world, Jobby.
1: Yes, it is. It is very <laughs> much a save the world, Jobby. And, and that's different to the first game because the first game's more about Aloy discovering her origins... And you, as, and you as a as a as a player, finding out how we got to this stage where Zero Dawn exists as a game, like what happened mm. to the Earth, etc., etc. So all those questions have been answered in Forbidden West, and that sets it at quite a bigger disadvantage because you've all the, the main unknowns that people care about in in you know in the Horizon franchise have kind of been answered in Zero Dawn, so they had to find a way to try and inject some urgency and some interest into this one. I think they did an overall okay to to good job, but it certainly runs at a disadvantage, and um, that's a problem any sequel faces when you've had such a strong opener.
0: Mm. So arguably then you'd probably say that story-wise it probably doesn't live up to that. Intrigue that you probably get from that first one, then? No, it's just a different I mean, set of. In- is it? It's just different. It is
1: different because you're you're not you're not learning a great deal about Aloy anymore because you've kind of you've kind of been that. you've been through that that journey. Um, they do introduce certain things that kind of make it more interesting than I'm giving you giving it credit for. But for the for the you know, for, for the sake of spoilers, there's no yeah. point mentioning those. You're best off finding out what what those are yourself. Um but I think it's a, it's a satisfying narrative overall. Um but the journey perhaps towards the the destination is is slow, sometimes inconsequential, and it can because it's a big long game, it can get in the way of itself. Um because it's so large and requires such a big time investment. It kind of goes this big long epic story filled with side quests. It's huge it's a huge challenge to I guess have a game this big and keep all the, the story beats ticking along because you know in theory, me as a player, I could do one mission, a story-based mission or an important one and then not go back and do it for another dozen hours. That's just the nature of an open world game is that you can disappear mm. off and, and, and do what you like. Mm. Um, and the way to counter that is to to make sure the side quests and other bits and pieces that aren't related to the main narrative are, are good and that's a little bit of a mixed bag. There's some really good stuff in there and there's some not-so-good not, ghost, not so good stuff in there. And there's also just a lot of run-of-the-mill stuff. Um, I still, you know, what's it been? Seven years since The Witcher 3 came out? I still refer back to that game in terms of setting a benchmark for how side quests should be handled or could be handled. And this, this is just not that. And not many games have since come along and done anything close to that. Um, I don't know whether the... Uh, the agency that the Witcher 3 gives you, you know, because you can make choices usually during the, during the quests, whether that just gives it, you know, a, a huge advantage. And the, the strange thing is, it's not necessarily an unrealistic goal for Horizon and, and in future games because there is a choice system in Forbidden West and it's only utilized a handful of times at most. And mm. in situations where the stakes mostly aren't very high. So that kind of squanders the opportunity for me as the player to to engage more in the game. And the kicker is, we, we talk about Valhalla at the start of this and make, make fun of it, but you do get a fair bit of agency in that game. Whether or mm. not it's, it's consequential or not is up for debate. But it's a game that's equally as big, uh, less ambitious in, in many aspects, but still gives you... a more of those moments, uh, whereas in Horizon it's kind—it's of, it's few and far between. So it's mm. so, you know it, it, it's one of those things. It's it's I, it does just about enough to probably to earn its keep, but it's not setting the bar or reaching new heights mm. or even meeting what some of the best have done previously. And I think as a, as a, if we we're talking about next games at some point, there's something they could perhaps focus on and 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 put more resource into.
0: Yeah, I, without digressing too far. I feel like a lot of the open world games that I've played, they're just kind of in there as an expect, expectation, sort of like a this yeah. filler. And you think, surely if you just put a little bit more into that, if you're going to put them in there, like actually make them properly engage him, rather than just going, oh, I'll go over here or I'll go and get that or I'll go and kill that. It's like, make it consequential to the character that you've got. Make it consequential somehow to the world. Like, mm-hmm. rather than just ticking boxes it does frustrate me about side quests i mean even going back to assassin's creed like I, now i've got to a point where i'm just sort of like if i come across it and it's close enough i'll do it but i'm just not even going to bother going out my way for it
1: no and it's not quite as i'm the same with the assassin's creed games where though i I soon packed up on the side quest stuff mm. quite early whereas i did i did do all of it in horizon zero door forbidden west um, yeah. So the a plat. Something. It's just uh, that that did help, but you didn't have to do everything. And the, the, the platinum right. trophy was. And some people um, have criticised the trophy system because it's it's fairly easy. Like rather than having to collect everything, you have to collect just like a few of each of them, or carry out. i mm. will uh, talk about it later. But like these relic ruins, you've only got to do two of them. I think there's eight in the entire game, <clears throat> but the trophy only requires you to do two of them. So I don't I don't mind that personally, but I know people that that chase that stuff. Yeah, it's um it feels less kind of rewarding, but I guess overall the writing's solid enough in Horizon, and still, Horizon's greatest strength from narrative perspectives is just this world and the scenario that that they've created and, and put you in. Mm. Both times I've been really sucked in because of that, and there's there's so many interesting cool little lore bits to discover for people like me. So from that perspective, it's still a sterling job. There's a ton of dialogue in the game. Um, mm. It's pretty good emo- pretty good across the board for, for most of the characters. Um, but one of the one of the big call-outs for me is just kind of how aware the game is of your progress, uh, who you've seen, what you've been doing, uh, who you've been talking to. Because... Time and time again, you'll play these big open world games, and it's kind of riddled with inconsistencies. Mm. Um, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll speak. Characters will talk to you about things that you've already seen and done, and then your character will pretend like they've never seen or done those things, <laughs> like it's the first time ever. And this is not a problem in 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 in, in Forbidden West. Mm. Um, it was con- I was consistently impressed at just how the dialogue and conversations were clearly adjusting to my progress to reference things that Aloy or i had done um and she would reference that and say i've done this i've done that and they'll say oh you've already seen that whereas in many other games you just wouldn't you just they would just assume you haven't done it so you get the you get the standard now yeah. you get the standard dialogue they really have done a good job but making it connect together like that and be aware of what you've been doing as a player and that was something that consistently popped up as a positive throughout because it just that sort of stuff still surprises me because it's just so rare it's very rare to see things like that Hmm.
0: Do you mentioned how big the game is I think size often goes with uh, a few issues I mean how was the game technically you know did you see was it a consistent frame rate did we suffer any crashes or anything like that
1: so right at the very death so this is when I was mucking about in the end game I think I'd already got the platinum I was just messing around just seeing what I could do I Pushing the
0: boundaries well maybe
1: yeah maybe it knew it's like the gigs up although I haven't i haven't hundred percent of the game that's another thing mm-hmm. Like the platinum's done but there's still activities that I've not finished um that i intend to go back to. I'm not I'm not sure what triggers that number up, though. It's one of those weird things. I'm not really chasing that because I don't want to get snarled mm. up in trying to guess what it wants me to do. But yeah, right at the death, I was just mucking about and I paused it and there's a couple of times, a handful of times, I should say, throughout the playthrough where you pause it and it just lagged before it went into the screen. It just went dark and then went in. Like it's probably... A millisecond, but it's one of those things you just notice where everything else is so mm. snappy. Well, anyway, I did that just this one time and it got stuck on the on the black screen. It just went dark, and I was like, right. <laughs> when this ain't gonna load up, is it? Sat there for about 90 seconds and then just had to close the app. So, mm. so yeah. That was the only kind of like crash related thing I had. Um I did have in the early goings. I played it on performance mode, which was the 60fps mode and early on there was a bug that would completely tank the frame rate when you were doing a certain quest or a quest line. I think it was related to the scavengers or the scrappers. Anyway, that you'd go in and do that quest and it would just go to like 15 frames per second and it was like, what is going on here? It wasn't the game mm. buckling under its own pressure. It was just simply a bug that was causing this random glitch. Anyway, you got, got fixed within a few days, so it wasn't like it was a, a huge issue, but that was that's something to note. And then overall, the game did feel somewhat scruffier than the original. Now, is that because I've played Zero Dawn six, seven months ago, where that is going to be the cleanest that game's ever going to be, because it's been out for five years? They've had patch upon patch upon patch put into that, this is obviously a new game. So I may well be... Now there's this new memory of of, of of Zero Dawn's been installed for 2021. That may not actually have represented what I played in 2017. I might have had similar amount of issues. But it did just feel a, a bit scruffy, like weird stuff, like enemies not spawning for quests or the game not recognising when you'd completed certain milestones in quests. And again, it probably happened a handful of times. But... They did stick out because typically with the Sony games, these are a super high standard. You don't usually Mm. see anything really that you can, unless you're deliberately trying to break the fucker, you don't really find (laughs) things like that. Um, But they they definitely wasn't the cleanest. And as time went on, it did get better. These these issues kind of just disappeared. By the the time I got to the end, I'd had very few issues, but worth noting nonetheless.
0: Hmm. I'm trying to. I'm debating that whether you think that it, you said it's scruffier, but you've got this new memory based on the upgrade that you got for the for Zero Dawn. I yeah. still think that a new release now that's been built. Well, I say it's been built for the PS5. It's not really, has it? No. But it should be. It should be. It should be better. Uh, anything that you release should be better than the one that that's. It should be better than whatever came before it. That's my opinion. Bigger scope way.
1: here, mate. They've doubled in size, or mm. whatever they've done. They've doubled in
0: size. It is bigger, but, but yeah, it's interesting that you found it just scruffier. Yeah. Not, so, not like graphically. Oh no, the,
1: the game's fucking stunning. Seriously, one of mm. the one of the best looking game worlds that I've come across. Is, you know, it probably is the best. You know, they always get mm. better every. Almost every game that comes out you see you see better stuff. Mm. And it's got great diversity in those environments too. So you're not treated to like the same looking places like Halo Infinite's just the same location, the same what people would call a biome, don't they? They love that word now. Mm. They? They've got this biome. This has several of these and they all look different. They they all look beautiful. And couple that with huge upgrades to character models and Character animation, f- when you're in cutscenes and when you're having dialogue options, it's a it's an absolute rocket that you've got on your hands here because <laughs> you can pop it in that 60 FPS mode. And it looks great, and if you really mm. want it to look its very very best, you drop it to that fidelity mode, and it looks it looks even better, like, albeit it runs at 30 FPS. But a game with this scope, hugely impressive to see them to see them pull that off really, mm. um, and the other thing about the the way the games look and it can't. Kind of, this kind of actually plays into the narrative a little bit because this is where you feel it the most is i don't know what they've done like the voice acting is great across the board so that's another tick in the box but they've done something with the the facial animations of the characters and if it, the huge well not a huge criticism one of the common criticisms of zero dawn was when you speak to people they're just Still, there's no life in their face. Their eyes are like that. Their mouth goes <laughs> up and down like that, and it looks a little bit stupid. Like it's not not the best. Yeah. And they've not only just improved that massively, but they've they've done something that just is ridiculously impressive. I, I don't know what they've. I don't know what it is, but you can you can feel what the characters are thinking or or what they're feeling before they kind of say it just by look at their face mm. they've done something that's that's astonishing and again if we talk about the scope of the game it's a huge scope they, to get this into an open world game where you know you might expect this in uncharted where things are the scope's a little bit more defined isn't it it's mm. it's a ve- it's the narrative vehicle those games but it really is impressive. The, what they've done with the, the face run—it's not just that they've upgraded all the the direction for all your all your interaction with characters. So people move naturally; they have they actually animate and and move their heads and arms. And you know, some people are a bit more mm. stilted because that's how they are, and others are a lot more expressive. And just I was fixated on their faces <laughs> sometimes; I couldn't take my eyes off it. And that really helps um, when you're. Looking at something or hearing something that's perhaps not as interesting as what it deserves to be, and that's something that's um, that I think dragged it through in a lot of instances because mm. I was just I just couldn't take my eyes. I was like, oh, "This is incredible." Sometimes it looked a bit weird, but very very few, and um, that's uh, a <laughs> it's incredible, really, what they've what they've done on that area. So even like the toot stuff kind of just draws you in. It just demands your attention because it just looks so natural and realistic. It's crazy. It really yeah, is. Yeah, that
0: in uh, L.A. Noir. Because I bloody struggled when I played that back in the day to read those facial expressions. So upgrade it. <laughs> Honestly,
1: I think they might use what they've done here, and they'd have a yeah. they'd have a much easier you'd have a much easier job of. Um,
0: Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's good. It is good. It must be some sort of improved facial recognition because a lot of the time now they're not just voice actors; they're <coughs> the actual... performance captures. Yeah, they yeah have these big cameras That's on the their face and mm. yeah.
1: But seriously, it's um and it's 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 really impressive. Like, and it makes characters stand out, like feel like unique individuals mm. rather than just another stilted, you know, bland face up and down. Ah, nah, run the tribe yeah it just makes
0: it feel less uh less like a a, a task or whatever you feel like you're it, it, it helps invest you in what you're doing yes which sometimes is a problem you just feel like it's a pointless task with no outcome yeah like it doesn't it doesn't really matter what happens the outcome is but i guess when certain things bring whether it's personalities or whether it's you know the, the graphics of the game whatever it yeah. is kind of bring that alive a bit more you feel a bit more invested in it which naturally will increase your immersion in the game
1: yeah i do wonder whether any of the work that kojima did with death stranding because they use the same engines this this decimer engine is guerrilla games his own engine and then kojima said oh i want to use that for death stranding and obviously if anyone that's played or knows anything about kojima is that he he does a lot on story and narrative, even if it's batshit crazy. That's like he <laughs> spends a lot of time investing in that area, in that in that tech as well. So I wonder whether they were able to learn some lessons off him because obviously they had obviously his name, old Daryl off of the uh, Walking Dead, <laughs> read Yeah. that, and he like he gets he gets proper real actors in to do. Well, not there wasn't proper Carrie mosses Moss is in this for goodness sake. So there's some there's some stars even mucking about in this, but. Um, yeah, I do. I do wonder whether that was something that has benefited Gorilla is that they've managed to learn mm. some tricks that, uh, that our boy Kojima's taught them. But whatever the whatever they've done is is fantastic and uh, not something you often see with with huge open world games mm.
0: at all. Nice, no, good. It helps big time. Yeah. But, um, so we've kind of touched on obviously what sort of game it is and and how it works. It's a it's an open world RPG.
1: Mm.
0: But is there anything you kind of want to touch on there in terms of, you know, the the progress of the game or is it, you know, pretty much bog standard what you'd expect in that regard?
1: Yeah, I think that's... And that's been one of the conversations since Elden Ring, hasn't it? It's been, well, how can you play these old tutors that have quest markers and things like that? It's like, well... They're not. They're not that. You can still play them. Trust me. They're they're still fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a standard open world game in that sense. That there's a main quest to to follow, and abun- an abundance of ad- optional activities like side quests, collectibles, ruins, tons of stuff. Like right? easily the best of the sort of side or optional stuff are the relic ruins, which are basically like puzzle areas. Where you need to figure out how to collect an ornament within like a building, it's usually hidden quite high up. So you use climbing, jumping, rope casting, which is like a grappling hook. That's another, that's a new feature to help you get around. So that's really handy. Uh, moving boxes, changing water. There's all sorts of different ways to to interact with the the environment, and that felt like some some like old school vintage Assassin's Creed, which I appreciated when they used to actually have little tombs for you to explore, or even like an old Tomb Raider game. Um, they, they were definitely good the worst activity stroke optional thing they've added is easily the mount racing, I've already <laughs> thrown one barb at the, the sort of mount system early on, not think going to depth about it, but basically you race these chargers which are machines, they're, they're mounts um, so you, you use them to get around the world, so the general movement of the charger is just awful it's, it's just awkward, it's slow, it's cumbersome. It feels like you're riding a machine, to be fair. I don't expect these things to be graceful, but when I'm playing a video game, I need them to be, because I need to be getting around. So anyway, the the, the the worst part of movement, hands down, is getting on these machines and trying to get from A to B. And then some genius decided, well, let's add Bocom back to that. Um, <laughs> and let's also put... Some rubber banding in so you can never really get out in front and stay out in front. So you have to contend with the sluggish movement. You've got people firing arrows up your ass, and then you're never in the lead for longer than like 10 seconds because it, I don't know if it is rubber banding, but it certainly feels like it. Um, they're always up your ass. That is, it's just one of the most pathetic instances of side stuff i've ever played i really I, there was the only time i really got angry with the game was doing these races i really do have a hatred for them
0: and pathetic um, i never thought you'd t- <laughs> i didn't think we'd hear the word pathetic in this review but we have
1: it was it is. it's like why put that in you don't I don't know to. why
0: they do some of these. Sometimes it's like they make things unnecessarily difficult and irritating yeah. for no reason. You think why? Why have you just done that? Like why? What is fun about that? It Doesn't sound like much fun to me.
1: No, and they've got they've got the bandit camps back, which you kind of clear down. They've got like a nice story through them, so it's worth going through those to kind of. There's actually like a narrative behind uh, said bandit camps, which is good. The Cauldrons Return, which are like. Well, dungeons, like, like a fantasy dungeon, but they essentially are that type of thing where you go into the location, you don't leave till you've you finished it and got through it, and then at the end you unlock um, the knowledge to override other machines to use as mounts or to help you in battle. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, they decide to overcomplicate the override system by not it not unlocking all the machines you can override straight away. So you're you override a cauldron core and it'll give you free machines that you can unlock and use. Thank you very much. But then the other four, you have to go and collect components from and <laughs> add it that way. So it's just, that's, they, there's just a few times they kind of do this where it's extra busy work that wasn't there on the previous game. And you're like, why are you messing around with it? Why are you, <laughs> why do I, I don't need that. I don't, don't need to be, I don't need to be doing that. Um, the toolnecks are the, the, the big thing from the original game. They're those big, Mm. massive machines that you essentially are walking towers so you get on them Mm. synchronize your spear with them and it will give you the lay of the land all the map icons etc etc and they were widely praised because it's it's quite an interesting way to do that you know Mm. not a static radio tower for example it's a moving thing and the puzzle was sort of figuring out how to get to the top of it so they're back, but they, they add even more things and different ways to interact with them, which I won't spoil, but you won't just simply be finding the highest vantage point and jumping onto them. There are other activities around them that make these more interesting. So, you know, they you know where where they've crapped the bed with the, the, the cauldron overrides <laughs> and having to do that, they've extended and enhanced the toolnecks. So not everything is a home run, and that's... Uh, that's kind of where I stand on the on the activity front. There's a lot there. There's, a, there's even one of those like little game within a games, like something called Machine Strike, which is a board game, which you can get yourself in snarled up and involved with. Um, I did a fair few of that, but that's not that's not the Gwent that everyone thinks or wants in their game. They all want to the next Gwent, don't they? They want this to <laughs> become its own thing outside of the game. And Machine Strike's <clears> not going to be that. I'm afraid that's not. No, sorry, Gorilla. That's going to be forgotten about. Think of something else for free. Or just don't bother putting it in your game because it doesn't add any value, really.
0: Crapped on it.
1: It's just more busy work, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah. I love the phrase, busy work. Like, all they're trying to do is just keep you busy, not achieving much.
1: Sometimes it feels like that. It's the trouble with these mm. games. They, they absolutely do have those elements in them. But, yeah... That's what you can be treated as. Tons more. There's things like vistas where, essentially, you have to. It will. You, you can bring up a hologram of of the of that area before everything went to shit and have like all the buildings up, but you've got to find the right vantage point to sync it up with the landscape, um, which on paper sounds cool. But then when you figure out that it's so specific that you could. It can take 20 minutes to do one of them. You're in trouble when that happens. Not all of them, but some of them. Annoying.
0: (laughs) Wow. I always like doing these reviews because I, I genuinely, before we do it, I've got no idea. Like, you don't tell me what you actually thought of the game. Like, I've generally got no idea what, whether we're going to come in to crap on it or come in to praise it. or <laughs> I, I genuinely have no idea. So as, as we go through it, I'm always finding out real time yeah. what your thoughts are on things and where we're going with it. But even with a game like this, I'm still struggling to 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 place it. I always like to, in my head, whilst we're going through it, place it in a, in a rank. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's easier than others. I think I know where this one's going, but... Um, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, so I think we've covered the majority of what we used to like to cover. We kind of go into a bit of an AOB mode here, where it's kind of give you license to talk about relevant things, good and bad that that you saw in the game.
1: Yeah. So the Forbidden West definitely, much like the original, shines with the game. Bl- sorry, the gameplay, the combat, and the, the enemies. Um, you know it's probably my favourite combat system particularly in open world games Uh, the satisfaction of kind of slowly picking off a key component or nailing uh, a machine's weak spot to, to take them out is second to none really they've They've enhanced it in many ways. Again, they've they've not just left it as it was. They've introduced new weapons, traps, and and other bits for you to experiment with. There's things called valor skills, which are basically temporary abilities that you can activate once you've built up this this meter through combat and stealth. Uh, you have weapon techniques that let you use your weapons in different ways. So, for example, you've got these like sling bombs that explode on impact. Well, you can flip them to sticky bombs and use them instead, which means you can stack the damage, you can just throw three of them at a time, so that can be useful. Or if your arrow, you know, rather than just firing one arrow, you can fire up a volley of three arrows in the air and land an area of a effect attack. So they've added these little, just little tweaks and things that you can do. Um, what else have they done? The, oh, these are all unlocked through skill points as they were before. So, there is a, an element of you earn skills, you XP, you rank up, etc., etc., and then you spend those points in skill trees. Now, the skill trees themselves uh, are more expansive than they were in the original. They're deeper, and there's more options for you to, as a player to put your points into. But, they've made everything deeper, but it's just made things more of a pain in the ass to navigate around and figure out exactly where you are when it relates to your skills because it doesn't all just fit nicely on one screen you kind of have to there's like five different categories of skills okay and from the mm. from the bird's eye view you can't make out what each of the different points are where, or where they're going so you think okay i can go into each of them individually they're still paying. You go into that and it only shows you like one third of the tree you have to scroll down you have to scroll down manually it's just annoying. I don't know why they've over egged that. I mean I'm not I'm fine with you having more stuff to put your uh, your points into, but just present it in a way that's just put it in a fucking list. <laughs> like, seriously. I don't need all these silly bollocks like even you know what it's like on Valhalla when you go to that yeah, skill screen. That's it's, what I was thinking it's, about. It's, it's just not, a mess. It's not quite yeah. as bad as that. But uh, you know, even that though, after a while, you can see where you're at because the the lines are clear. But yeah, it's just mm. a little bit of a a flap to to figure out all that stuff and a hassle. Uh, they've changed the the way the outfits work and made them a little bit more interesting. So they they now come with like perks and are usually geared towards specific play styles. So so one outfit might be good for stealth, which is your favourite, obviously. Mm. Um, and then the other might be good for combat encounters. So you can pick and choose what suits you, and you can actually kind of, at a light level, build your stats around that type of character Mm. as well. I mean, you get points to invest in all the trees eventually, but if you wanted to just focus on melee combat, there's like a whole warrior tree that you can put the points into, and then your next goal will be like, right, I need to find the outfits that best... you know. Complement mm. that style, and they are categorized as well. So you have a warrior outfit that you can put on, um, and they, that, that's that's kind of interesting, especially in the early going. I don't think it matters too much as time goes on, but at least it feels like you're perhaps in a different mindset. Or if you want to stay stealthy, you can. I can pop on all my stealth stuff. It's going to make the encounters easier. Um, mm. And then the gear have different levels, like nothing too egregious. Like you've got uncommon, rare, very rare, uh, legendary. The stats, while you know, vary quite wildly between those categories. So you will have to say goodbye to some of your favourite uncommon bits of gear, whether that's weapons or outfits, because they just won't be powerful enough um, mm. later in the game. And they try to, you know, what seems like a novel inclusion to try and keep your gear more relevant is they've added the ability to upgrade um, your weapons. So you can bring their stats up a little bit and unlock new perks as well, or new perhaps a new elemental type for your bow. So you might unlock a fire bow if you upgrade to level three. Mm. Sounds really good on paper, but there's already so much crafting and stuff for you to be getting on with. There's just another layer of it here. It's just like, I, I in the end, just gave up trying to keep things upgraded. And again, once you start getting rare and very rare, you realize there was no point upgrading any uncommons because you're just going to throw it away. Like yeah they'd, they'd chuck it in the bin so there's some there's, there is a way for a game to give you like one bow that you keep for the game and you upgrade for the whole journey but they they all just can't resist having the different sort of legendary items coming in to just make them irrelevant but yeah there's definitely there's a little bit of an overcomplication some people might appreciate mm-hmm. it but is it this it would take so much time to upgrade everything if you were, if you were looking to do that
0: I don't know why they overcomplicate that system. I mean, I, 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 I guess maybe people get more involved or invested with certain things mm. than, than I do, but I'm literally like, I, if I find a new bit of loot that's better, I'm like, yes, something new to put on yeah. that's better. Like, I don't want to have to, even in, I know we keep referring back to it, but they share a lot of commonality, even in Valhalla. Um, like, they've got an upgrade system with materials and things in there. And I'm like, I don't even want it. Mm. I don't even want that system there. Just give me it. Like, maybe one, two, three upgrades to to, get, to tie me through. But yeah. just give me more new, interesting items to, to to experiment with. And I'd rather they do that than give me this ability to sort of have one piece. that I just go, I'm just going to stick with this throughout the game. I want it to just level up with me. I just don't really understand that that mentality it's, yeah. not, it's not something that i've ever really done
1: <laughs> no and look I, it's 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 another time sink isn't it and you, are they mm. to be to the credit they make if you want to upgrade things they make it as easy as possible to find what you need so mm. one of the good things about zero dawn was and you could do this in the original and it's carried through here was that you could um you could highlight a un-upgraded item or a I don't know, you can upgrade your pouches and things like that as well so you can have more carrying space. And you can Mm. mark it as a job and then it will log it in your quest log somewhere under a job and then it will say, collect, I don't know, six receivers from X machine. And then Mm. also it will, in some cases, show you where the nearest machine site for that resource is. So it kind of gives you the the direction to go off and do it if if you want to do it. But... You know, it's busy not, work. Well, it can be busy work. I mean, let's, <laughs> if you organise yourself, it's kind of you, you'll do it as you mm. naturally go through. Um, yeah. But yeah, one of the one of the other great things they've done because this was a huge complaint I had of the first one, particularly at the back of the game. Don't you just hate it when you're going? You, you kill something, a big war, and you think, "Oh, pick up all these resources, <laughs> lovely jubbly." And then that little it comes up in little red text. You can't pick it up because your inventory's full. You're like, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? And that was a that was a Pokemon thing that kept happening. That bloody satchel fills up quick, doesn't it? And then you got <laughs> and then you got that con artist selling upgrades for <laughs> fucking thousands of pounds apiece. They he, he boots the price up every time you get a new slot. Anyway, but in in Forbidden West, this was a problem in Zero yeah. Dawn. You just couldn't pick it up, so you'd have to dismantle something or drop stuff. It's mm. just like it's a hassle because you're in the menu doing something, dropping it, and it's like, ugh. Now, she just picks it up and it goes to a stash, it's called, which yeah. which you can access from a settlement. So when you go back to the settlement next time, you can then collect all that stuff you need to. Yeah. That way, you're never leaving stuff in the field. You're unlikely to run low on common resources because you'll just build up like 10,000 mm. bits of wood over the games. So you'll never have to kind of yeah. worry about that resource. And then all you have to do is go to your stash hold a button that says refill your inventory and it'll just take all the items that will fit into your inventory and pop them in there and then you're off again. Really straightforward, really simple, really smart. Like in hindsight, that's such an easy thing to to add. And it just yeah. absolutely reduces so much friction that you will encounter in many games when it comes to inventory management. And it's just, a, it's you know it kind of blew my mind when it started doing it. I was like, oh, I can't believe how easy this is. I can't believe mm. it's been this easy all along, which is um, which is great. Um, it should
0: be like that in every game. It's yeah. like Destiny mastered it when he sent it to the postie. That's it. That's postie exactly it. it. The postie. Yeah. 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 And that's all you need. You just don't have to worry about leaving crap on the floor yeah. or faffing around. You go, postie, you'll get it. And you go, yep. Yeah. And then when you're done, go and get it afterwards and have a look and sort it out. Yeah. It's just such a... It just takes away that one less bit of stress. Because inventory management is stressful. Trying to figure out what do I need, what will I not need. Fucking boring as well. Yeah, it's just an unnecessary aggravation. Like Pokemon, (laughs) as you say, you've got that ripoff merchant. But it's just like, why have I even got to do this in this game? It's just such an unnecessary aggravation they just don't need it so yeah it's good to hear that they've uh, they've addressed that yeah it's 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 just
1: nice and easy nice and smart and mm. you know just a, a straightforward solution there they've uh, they've added about 20 or so machines to the game so they're not resting their laurels their laurels there like the you know i i've mm. forever praised the the enemy types in Zero Dawn in Forbidden West they've kind of doubled up on the size of that, which is good to see. Some really interesting new machine types in there, some really cool ones as well for people to go off and discover and eventually kill and rip to pieces. Uh, they've even mm. added variants of machines as well. So you might get a you know, one of one of the common ones in the first one's a watcher, which is like those little one eyed things that little little bop up and down. So you have a you have a standard watcher, but then you might also bump into a fire watcher which is then not as a, you know, it's not got a weakness against fire anymore. It's got a weakness against something else. So you have these Mm. little variants just to keep you on your toes and you use the, the, the focus scan just to see what type of machine it is. And then the final kind of iteration of most of the machines is an Apex version, which is like a super strength, more health, hits harder, that's the the fuck you don't want to get too snarled up and in and careless with. So you've kind of got these different levels of each machine as well, which is appreciated and gives you that, that that level of variety that you you don't usually get. You can swim underwater now, not a massive deal, but that opens up exploring opportunities hmm. and places to go, and um, opens up more swimming type machines under the water, which is which is interesting. I mentioned you've got a grappling hook called the pool caster. That's super useful, and it's surprising how much quick you can get around the, the the map using that. That's really handy. And then to complement that, you've got a um, a gliding shield, so you just you can glide down off big um, high areas and not break your back. So that's really handy. Mm. Again, seems like a, a given these days. <laughs> and they've increased the amount of place that you can climb up on. And the first one it's very specific. There's a lot of stuff you couldn't get a hand on it and pull yourself up, but <laughs> they've gone for a more Assassin's Creed type or modern Assassin's Creed type um, go at it where you can almost climb mm. up anything other than like a couple of things, which is handy. Um, that opens up exploring opportunities and just makes the game a bit smoother. The tiniest little tweak they've made to Aloy's movement is you're just going to hit something at sort of fire level. <laughs> Rather than just hitting it and sliding down a bit, she just she'll just pop her hands on it and pull herself up. That little clamberer. It's not quite mm. hand on it. It don't do the whole <laughs> big hand on it type jobby. It's just like a graceful sort of skip up and it just stops you from losing that momentum and falling backwards. You just you just hop over it and carry on going. Very, very small, but again, makes it makes a world of difference when you, when you quality of around. life quality is yeah, a lot of quality of life improvements but then they obviously as i've said they've overindulged in some areas and made <laughs> you know the the, the bloat uh, something that's that's there and, and can't be avoided sometimes so there's always swings and roundabouts
0: um yeah uh so is there anything else you want to touch on before we move on to the main event after 45 minutes of cock teasing
1: I don't think so you know people will appreciate how big this game is I can't mm. sit here and talk about everything and I won't No, I refuse to um, so there's tons of stuff that I've probably probably missed but I'll try and pick out what I feel like was interesting or is useful for, for people out there but mm. I'm I'm kind of ready so the system now is that you've got to read out each of those options and then ask me to decide <laughs> which of so give it
0: so, we've revamped it slightly, mm. I think, is the first thing to mention. Yeah, for those still um, getting
1: used to the revamp, this is, <laughs> this is, we're, we're still sticking with this. So, we'll keep reminding people until they get it into their skulls.
0: So, we've got four options. Yes. We've got bronze, which is a decent game. You've got silver, which is a good game. Gold, a great game. Or platinum, which is a special game. Hmm. So where in your head does this one land up?
1: Well, you haven't you haven't considered the the dim digital bin, bin in the blowers.
0: Well <laughs> Yeah, I kinda of presumed it wasn't gonna end up in the bin, to be honest. <laughs> if it ends up in the bin, then wow, that'd be a thing. I mean, throw it in there if you want. Oh, but uh um, wow. I figured it's somewhere within the bronze to platinum age, uh, I say age range, but range.
1: Yeah. So what This the helpful thing is just having this little description now. So you've got, as I said, you've got a special game for platinum and then something that I'll remember for, as a favorite for years to come. Gold, a great game. Something I'll remember as a highlight for some time. Silver, a good game. Something I'll remember as a solid worthwhile experience or bronze, decent game something i'll remember positively with some caveats and it's going to be a gold so it's a great game in my opinion and i'll definitely remember this as a highlight for a while you know a a decent period of time it definitely it does a lot of things better than the original um but on its quest to kind of do that it does some things that are slightly, you know, not as desirable as what I would have hoped for, um, and, it, and it does lack the sparkle of a special game as well. There's something sometimes you just don't have that sparkle, and I felt like the first one would have had a better opportunity of that because it was so fresh and so new and etc. etc. But even that had mitigating circumstances, which would have meant it was it's going to be in this. It would have been in the same category for me. So it kind of just sits alongside the original for me, does some things better, a few things much better, but also kind of missteps in a few areas where I think the original kind of already had it sussed out. Um, And overall, it it brings a a very similar and and compelling package, certainly a great game and and one that those who are fans of the original should play. But like you, who tried it and didn't like it, there's nothing really here, revolutionary that's that's changed that's going to be of interest to you. So it's kind of like one of those jobbies. It's not. It's not rewritten the rule book and ripped it up and, and started over. It's it's standing on the shoulders of its of its original, which is fine. And 106 hours well spent in my view. Gold. Yeah,
0: I mean, you 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 can't. It, it was always going to be one of those where the, the first one was so popular and successful that they're never going to rip up the rule book. They're all going to build on top of it. And it's yeah. like, you want them to build in the right areas and don't do that old Call of Duty trick, which is bolt shit on for the sake of it. And that's the balance that you spoke to there, which is sometimes they've bolted it on yeah. and missed what they should... Like, There's nothing wrong with it. Don't mess with that one. Mm. But it sounds like they've built in the majority of it in the right areas. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it sounds good. I do wonder to myself now, and I was just thinking when you said oh, I don't like stealth. I was thinking, well, I don't actually mind the stealth in Assassin's Creed, but <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just a, a, a different setting. I don't like the stealth when there's too much at stake, <laughs> and those machines are a concern. I think if you get caught out by one of them, it's a real worrying thing. Whereas, put,
1: put it on easy. Yeah, I in know, the but room.
0: yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't like the look of them. I think. I think that. But the stealth like raises the stakes yeah. for me. But um, i get it. I'll no, that's a good, it. a good review and a good game. Great game. Um, well, yeah, great game. Great Sorry, game. Yeah, yeah quite
1: nice. right. Gotta yeah. got try and reuse this language before it all gets fucking flushed away by. <laughs>
0: it's yes, I've it. already bastardised it. Uh, it's, it's
1: learning. It's an. This is an evolution. We're gonna stumble with it. It will. It may be refined in in time to come, but. We had to just start using it so we can start getting into it. I find it better. I'm sure everyone else does. So, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West in the books. So for those that are um, interested in more Horizon Forbidden West, you would have seen by now there was a spoiler cast that went out. So three and a half hours they've got of that if they want it. It's, it's (laughs) It's there in the archives. So if you stumbled across this and haven't heard or watched that, then go back and find it. It was was back in our archives. Um, Well worth listening to. But I think that'll do for this week on on Idle Game Chat. Thanks for taking the time to ask me the important questions when it comes to Horizon Forbidden West, Mr. Logan. Always good to see you. And uh, everyone at home, if you've got to this point, you're still listening, you're still watching, we appreciate that. But there's nothing more for me to say here, though, other than thanks for your time. And ta-da...